It's a joy to be able to gather together uh, to worship our newborn King, Christ the Lord. And uh, we're going to center ourselves in, in God's Word in the Gospel of John. If you have Bibles with you, uh, God bless you. Please open them with me. If not, the words will be on the screen as we together uh, continue hearing uh, about this Christmas story. Uh, I want to thank the O'Sullivan's for reading that Luke uh, account of, uh, of Christ's arrival. And now from the Gospel of John, verses 1 through 5 of that first chapter, let's hear the word of the Lord together. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through Him all things were made, and without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. This is God's Word for us, the people of God, and so we say... Thanks be to God. Uh, Would you bow with me for a word of prayer? Holy God, this evening we come to you gathered around your word, gathered in your name, rejoicing in the gift of our Savior Jesus. And so we come before you, Jesus, and we say we love you, we honor you, and we want to know you more. And so we seek your word in order to know you more. So Lord, we ask that you would open our eyes, that we would see our ears that we would hear, open our minds that we would come to know and understand your word, our hearts that we would feel its power. Then in response, I ask Almighty God that you would open our hands, that we would offer grace to the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. How many of you have already had a family Christmas uh, event with gifts exchanged and gathering? Just raise your hand. How many have already had? Uh, Okay, so so about like half of the room has had one. I've already had three. Um, I think that's because of of, uh, my role in preaching on Christmas Eve, right? Uh, So we advanced some of that work. Two days ago, I went to Port Port Acres to my granny's house, extended family yesterday at my mom's house and then my dad's house, and uh, we just had extraordinary times together. Uh, So I'm feeling uh, in the Christmas spirit. There's something about that moment of arrival at a Christmas gathering, especially one of those Christmas gatherings where you you haven't been able to go in a few years. Because, you know, some of those extended, extended family gatherings, you can't make it every year because not everyone can make it every year, especially if you have a big family like mine. Uh, so, so whenever you show up and you haven't seen cousins or aunts or uncles in, in a few years, there's just a joy and an excitement when you arrive. I, I walked into my granny's house and I saw my cousin Raymond, uh, one of my favorite, I wouldn't say favorite because this is being recorded, but one of my favorite cousins, And I saw him, and I gave him a huge embrace, and it seemed as though both of us needed that hug to hold just an extra beat more this year. Because there's a gift in being present with each other. I call it a ministry of presence, a ministry of presence that we practice it uh, on holidays or, or special events, birthdays, and a ministry of presence that we also experience whenever people walk through stuff with us. Uh, 
You know, whenever you've just gone through it, whether it's sickness or loss, if you're mourning or if you're facing some extreme challenge, if you are moving or if you have changed jobs, you know what I'm talking about. Those people that walk through it with you. Think about those moments and the way they minister to you. The way they walk with you and share life with you and share meaning with you and give hope and joy and peace to you in those specific moments of life. It's a ministry of presence. It's a ministry of presence. And, and for, for us, we, we learn this lesson about this ministry of presence from Christmas specifically. Uh, it's a gift that we have whenever we experience what it is for God, Emmanuel, to be made flesh, God with us in his son Jesus, so that he would draw near to us so that we might come to know him. God exemplified this ministry of presence in his ministry to you and me offering his son to be with us. And so we carry that forward in our relationships, in our families, and especially in this Christmas season. I want, I want to compare and contrast absence versus presence. Absence versus presence. We also feel the weight of absence at times whenever we're missing, whenever we're longing for, whenever we feel isolated or alone. And that's why COVID was so hard for so many of us because we just felt distant and disengaged. And so whenever we experience this, this presence, it's a refreshing thing. Absence and presence. My junior year in high school, I didn't much like school. If we have any high school students, uh, I'm not going to ask you whether or not you like school because your principal might or might not be in this room if you go to Tomball High School. So, um, so look, uh, in, when I was a junior in high school, I didn't much like school. I don't know why. It wasn't particularly miserable. Uh, I, it wasn't like I was a failure as a student, but I didn't enjoy school. And so I found every excuse possible to be absent. I would, I would, uh, I don't know, say I have a little cough today, or my nose is a little sniffly, or I'm just, you know, I worked too hard the day before at my job, you know, closed at the country club. I was a waiter, closed at the country club the night before at midnight. I don't know how my parents, including my dad who's in this room, allowed this to happen, but my junior year in high school, I was absent 27 times. How do I know that I was absent 27 times? Because when you get to a certain number of absences, you have to start making up those days on Saturdays. I had to go to school on Saturdays to make up for the school days that I missed during the week. That's absurd. That's ridiculous. And I remember when my teacher approached me when I began going to Saturday school my junior year, my teacher said to me, do you know that you're about to have to repeat your junior year of high school? I was like, no, I'm not. I got straight A's. Yes, you are, because if you're absent 28 times, you will have to repeat your junior year of high school. Well, how many do I have? 27. So from, the, from there to the end of school, it didn't matter. I was going to be there because I had some incentive because I didn't want to repeat my junior year of high school. But then you know what was interesting? The very last Saturday school we had, my teacher was administrating that Saturday school 
She said, Jason, you made it. Whew, man, I'm glad I made it. Uh, but you know what, Jason? Next year is different. Oh, tell me why. Uh, it didn't seem different to me. I still don't like school. She said, those that get perfect attendance their senior year get a $1,000 scholarship to college. You're lying. I don't believe you. Uh-huh, let me show it to you. Broke it out, put it in writing, and here it was. Our high school had a policy that if you had perfect attendance your senior year, it was worth $1,000. And that was a long time ago. I wonder what inflation has done to that scholarship in the last year. Um, and so, so I want you to know that I went into my senior year with a little extra incentive And certainly, without fail, I showed up every single day until they wrote me that $1,000 check. All right, I did not miss. I was present every single day. What was the difference between my junior year and my senior year? I had a why. I didn't really feel like I had a why my junior year. I was breezing through school. It really wasn't fun, but I was there my senior year. I wanted that money. So I wonder if Christmas for us is a clear acknowledgement that God desired, made a way to be present with and for us. Why? Why did God, who didn't have to do this, who, who, who has all power and all knowledge and all time and, and all capacity, God, who didn't have to do this, why at Christmas would he give himself to be present with us? John Chapter 1, verse 4, and we're going to spend almost our entire time just in this one single verse. The first half of that verse says that, that God made flesh, the word Jesus Christ, Jesus. It says, in Jesus was life. In him was life. Now, now, this word life is, is interesting. It, it's deep and it's rich, and we don't really grasp the, 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 the breadth and the depth of the context whenever we're reading the word life in English. The word life here in Greek is the word zoe, the word zoe. Uh, and I don't know if that's what, um, uh, what the restaurant that used to serve uh, that Greek food Uh, what that was made for, but maybe it was. It was life. But here's the deal. Zoe is physical and spiritual life always derived from and sustained by God. Zoe, life, in him, in Jesus was life. In Jesus was Zoe, physical and spiritual life always derived from and sustained by God. Physical life, now, now, this might seem uh, uh, rather easy or obvious or maybe plain because we think about the physical life and we think about just basic vital signs. You know, do you have a pulse? Uh, do you have oxygen in your lungs? Do you have brain function? Uh, uh, are you able to, to, to get up and exist? Did you wake up this morning? Life. That seems rather basic, but physical life without spiritual life isn't life, really. 
It could be hopeless. It could be meaningless. It could be, uh, uh, it could be without purpose or direction. So many of us can resonate with physical life feeling less than fulfilling and yearning for needing experience of life beyond that. So in Jesus, there's physical life, but there's also spiritual life. In Jesus, there is spiritual life for all of us, spiritual life that is value and meaning, purpose and direction. How many of us uh, crave that, desire that, something more than the day-to-day, than the monotony, than the wondering why do I exist or what is going on in my future, but rather a a vision for how I'm going to be used, how I'm going to be purposed so that the world would be better because I exist, that my physical life matters because my spiritual life exists. And I have that spiritual life available, John Chapter 1, verse 4 says, in Jesus, spiritual life and physical life always, always derived from and sustained by, always. I think it's interesting that in this one Greek word, in the word Zoe, it doesn't leave any wiggle room. It doesn't leave any nuance or any wondering. It doesn't allow for us to, to waver from this truth. It doesn't allow us to say or to articulate that this life can come from other things or in other ways at other times. No. You cannot find this spiritual and physical life anywhere except for in Jesus. And we can search, and we do. We could try. We could try to find it in substances or activities or in achievement or, or whatever thing that we are, we are pursuing But if we aren't finding it in Jesus, it is not life. Physical and spiritual life that gives reason for existence. Zoe, life that is physical and spiritual derived from and sustained by God. Derived from. Derived from means that it, it, the origin, the place uh, from which it comes is from God. Always, always coming from God. And it's sustained by God. I, I love that, 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 this, that this is sustained. It continues on uh, as we journey through life from God. It's derived from God. Derived from uh, one of my favorite Christmas movies just came out a few years ago. It's Jingle Jangle. I don't know if you've seen it. It's on Netflix. I highly recommend it. Beautiful story. And, and uh, in the story, there's, there's uh, uh, Genicus, who is an inventor. And the inventor in this, uh, in this presentation of the Christmas story uh, doesn't have patents necessarily, but he is the creator. He's the instigator. He's the one from which the inventions are derived. And the story is a journey of how this invention gets lost and is uh, placed in other people. But in the end, it always came from him. The invention always came from him. And for us, life always comes from Jesus. Zoe always comes from Jesus. And it's perpetuated, sustained through Jesus. You see, this isn't fleeting. 
It, it, it's not something that, that ends up uh, uh, drifting away. When we acknowledge Jesus and that we have life from Jesus, it is lasting, it is pure, and it gives us the strength to continue on. Zoe, in him was Zoe, physical and spiritual life that always is derived from or sust- and sustained in Jesus. Verse 4 continues on. It says that in him is life, and then it continues on. Uh, and that life, that life is the light of all mankind. What a beautiful turn. What an unexpected turn. Life and light, they don't seem to be synonymous. In fact, if you were to, to write it up in, in a thesaurus, you're not going to see that connected. But, but in the gospel account, life and light are intimately, uh, inextricably connected. They are tied together that we have life and we have light both in Jesus And that life was the light of all mankind. That life was the light of all mankind. I I, I think that connecting with our understanding of light from the very beginning is so important here. In in Genesis, at the very opening of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, it reveals to us that, that there was darkness from the beginning. See, now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. You see, there was darkness. It was void. It was empty, and it existed. But the very first activity of God through the word that was spoken. And by the way, I think that that is particularly potent for us as we read John chapter 1. And it says, in the beginning was the word. And this word that speaks, the very first thing that that word does in chapter 1 of Genesis 1, verse 3, it says, And God said, let there be light. And there was light. That add at the very word of God, at at the articulation of light, there was the existence of light because uh, God's presence automatically initiates and brings forth light for all, as it says, all mankind. For all mankind. You see, darkness isn't anything really Maybe actually it would be best described as nothingness because darkness most truly is the absence of light. Darkness is only defined by the absence of light. But at Christmas, at Christmas, we have the birth of Jesus, we have Emmanuel, we have God with us, which means that God is now present. And as God comes in and is made known, light and life are now available to us. Uh, Light uh, comes into our world, comes into our lives, and comes for you and for me. And it says that this light is for all mankind, which means it's for you and for me. It's for us each individually. In this season, we often hear... uh, Hear the colloquialism that Jesus is the reason for the season. 
And that might be true if, 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 if we're connected to a narcissistic culture that, that, that so values things and stuff that we're distracted from the reason for the season being Jesus come here on earth for us. But here's the reality. Christmas only happened because God's reason was you. You are the authentic reason for the season. You're the reason for Christmas. You're the reason that God laid it all on the line and came and was made flesh so that you, you individually, you uniquely, you in God's mind's eye came for you so that you would have life. That you would have life and you would have light and it would shine so beautifully and potently in you that you would have physical and spiritual life in abundance. God's reason to be present, God's reason for Jesus is you. And so my prayer, my hope, is that you would so intimately connect with that reason that you would honor and glorify the one who came, the one who gives life and light, Jesus Christ our Lord, this day. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you. Thank you for for seeing us, for knowing us, for desiring to be with us, so much so that you would send your Son for us, for each and every one of us. Lord, we thank you for the life that we have in you, this life that gives meaning and purpose. Lord, we thank you for that. We, we pray that you, would, uh, that you would transform our understanding of who we are uh, through this meaning, through this life. And Lord, we give you thanks for light that shines in even the darkest of times. So as we continue in worship, Almighty God, we pray that you would bless this time of offering as well, uh, that these gifts that are given and uh, the work and ministry of the church uh, that deploy these, deploys these gifts in the community uh, would bring you glory, honor, and praise. Lord, be glorified and honored in our offering this evening. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.